Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. RFK Refugees Podcast. We're back. We're back. It's good to be back. I think it's good to be back. I don't know. We'll find out. We'll find out at the end of the show how good it is to be back when we John. John, how are you doing? Um, just, just I just want to make sure John is still awake. Um, I'm awake. I'm John. awake. I'm alive. I'm not currently changing any diapers. Um, so that's that's a win. That is a win. Soccer. It is so, a win. Uh, thanks for uh, you know. Hopefully the fires kept burning while we were while we were away. People still remember who we are. Uh, and if not, we can start from scratch again. Yeah. <laughs> start start over uh, start over from where from where we begin. Um, well, you know, I guess I I I've tried to deal with not having a show and not having people listen to me. That I got a dog and decided that was the way to handle that. Hey, nice. Um, Congrats. I, I'm I'm not willing to jump on the on the uh, child bandwagon just yet. A lot of my it friends are. A, a lot of my it friends are. It is a step are. up from a dog. It is a, a, a <laughs> definitive, it's a definitive escalation of things to go to dog. Yeah. From dog to human. Yeah, yeah. So um, not not there yet, um, but did did get a dog, and um, we've got no. Well, we got some soccer to talk about. Soccer's back, everybody. Soccer is back, but the Bundesliga is back. John, have you have you been watching the wonders of oh, yeah. the uh, Spanish? Uh, the uh, sorry, it's Spanish. The uh, German soccer with uh, first there was no crowds, and it was like watching like like watching a U twenty World Cup match or something like that. And then it became like let's pump crowd noise into the stadium, and it's it's very weird. You hear this like crowd noise, and like you kind of think like you're watching like an older match, and then like they pan up on like corner kicks and stuff like that, and you just see empty seats and like crowd noise. It's really bizarre. But um, what I had heard, what I had heard is that noise is only in the TV feed and is not being piped in the actual stadium. That that so that that is probably right. That is so probably that, yes on the yes on the cardboard cutouts, which is hilarious, and also yes on the uh, putting the jerseys uh, on the seats, which is I, I don't mind. I'll tell you what, I've been watching KBO. So so my my child is three weeks old. Since we got home, KBO started. I've watched probably twenty Korean baseball games. <laughs> and they have no fans. It's just quiet. And but there's like five cheerleaders that they do coordinated dances, which is something. Um, and I'm I'm fine now. I'm fine. All of the all of these sports coming back with no fans. I don't care as long as you put crowd noise on the TV feed. I can pretend it'll be fine. <laughs> just keep doing it. I, give me sports. I need sports now. Well, see, because you know, mostly. I mean, I, I I watch soccer. You know, I'm you know I'm paying attention, doing doing all those things. I guess the one thing that that I'm sort of paying attention to is is I if I'm doing something else and they I usually rely on the crowd noise getting higher sometimes to trigger me to look up. And when there isn't any of that, it's very difficult to to sort of manage. Um I actually I, I went and bought like the like the Fox Soccer match patch was apparently is going away like in June, like it's just disappearing. Like I actually looked, I like I couldn't get it on my Apple TV, which I have. I had to use my aunt my android phone and i had to like cast it to my samsung tv and like do a weird way and the quality's not great there is no the, the, not only so before it was bad because i i tried this before before it was bad with like no commentary no score bug so you're just literally just some there's just dudes with cameras and replays and that's about it no no commentary no nothing in these two bundesliga games because i i picked a team it was the first match i went to in germany it was fc heidenheim um, so I, like, I have to like watch the game and I have to like pull up like foot mob, like, which is like the only app and I have to like, look at the score. Okay. What's the score? And like, it's very, very, very weird to like watch a match with none of those things. Like no score bug commentary, nothing. Um, I'm hopeful when it moves to ESPN, maybe they get some people, they, you know, 
throw a hundred bucks at somebody to do to do the match. I don't know how much it would be, but it's wild to me that they just decided they're like, well, our rights are going away, so we're not going to spend any money. We're not going to have a, a halftime show. We're not going to have our own broadcast. We're going to use the British feed. We don't care. Even though, if you look at the ratings, this is like eight hundred percent higher than the highest German game ever shown on FS1. And then the next, the game shown after that was the second most watched. And the third one was the third most watched. So, like, I would take advantage of, I mean, I guess it's, you don't sink, you know, good money after bad. But, I, and I don't care. It doesn't, it's not like I'm like, I really need to hear Alexis Alwis's thoughts on this. <laughs> so I can live either way. But it's, it is, it's awesome that it's back. Um, it's awesome that the defense has appeared to have not joined them. That they appear to left the defense in uh, quarantine. <laughs> So offense is going crazy and everyone's scoring. I think I think I think it's got to be really hard for defenses to stay mentally tuned when there's no sound. Like they've been playing in front of crowds since they've been probably 14. So now they're in this entirely new environment where the stakes are theoretically high, but it feels like you're practicing. And it's uh, I, it is the quality of defensive play has has sort of borne that out. I think there there is one team I think right now that that wishes that the coronavirus had canceled the season after their last two games, and that's Schalke right now. Oh, I think they're like zero goals for seven against. They lost the um, their uh, I guess city rival or their their big rival in Dortmund, um, and then they got uh, lost to. I'm trying to remember who it was. I can't remember the, the, who the team they played, but they they've been looked terrible. Freiburg wasn't it? Yeah, Freiburg. Yep, you're right. I think you're right. Was it this awesome? is now a Bundesliga podcast, folks. Yes, <laughs> whatever league is happening, that's what this. That's what we're doing. So I'm MLS, not, we'll talk about that in a minute. But um, you know, whoever it is, we're going to watch it. Yeah, I'm not getting up early enough to to watch the Korean soccer league, and I don't think I think it's on YouTube or something like that. Am I am I am right, right about that? But Maybe. um, I'm not. I'm not also doing that. Yeah, <laughs> there's a there's a Bundesliga on tomorrow as well. Yes, there is so. Tuesday and Wednesday. We get two weeks of it. I get yes. to like have it on during lunch and you know and and watch it. But you are you particularly since we're all kind of housebound. But I'm super housebound, so um, I, I can I, watch everything. I, I can tell there is one there is one TV group that's probably really happy about the ratings boost, and that's the. Um, and that's ESPN because they're getting the rights next year. So mm-hmm. like you got to hope that some people maybe pick some teams and who knows like what, you know, who knows what football season's going to look like, you know, who knows what this whole thing's going to look like. Speaking of how the heck things are going to look like, there's a transition. Uh MLS apparently is talking about returning, uh but don't tell anybody because apparently they'll fine you a million dollars. So um secret. So Don, you you can go ahead and uh, and send that fine over. I'll, I'll get right on it um for for talking about it. Um, what, so uh, I guess let, let's start with, let, let's start with the obvious bad thing, which is the, the fact that the league is threatening million dollars in fines for leaking information about this plan to play in Orlando. Let's start, let's start there. Cause that just broke today from the athletic. Um, I believe it was on that report. Um, it, it seems to me, it seems to me really weird. It's like leaks happen in sports. People want to know, I get that they are, you know, they're, 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 Trying to make this happen while also trying to negotiate with the um, with the players' union, uh, you know, about this. Trying to you know negotiate with them, and you know, I think anytime anything comes out and people react against it, then you know the players' union might have more on their side and and everything. So I, I get that whole aspect of it, but just the the excessive nature of it. Uh, this is going to happen. There isn't there isn't anything else to talk about right now. You have people that are worried about their jobs. Um, there's already been front front office staff on on several teams that has been furloughed. 
Um, I, I do not know how my lower division team here in Richmond is handling it. Um, I'm super concerned about what's going to happen with them. Um, yeah. I, and for them, I don't even care. I don't even care about my season tickets. They can put them towards next year. They can charge me again next year. I just want to make sure they're doing okay. Um, honestly and truthfully, I think I went, actually, I paid my tickets. I just paid the full amount because I figured they need the money. Um, because right. you know, it's hard, it's hard running a use, a, a, a lower division soccer team, but back to the story. I mean, do, is there any, is there any devil's advocate you can play with what, how MLS is, is handling this whole leaks thing? Yeah. I mean, I guess. <laughs> in some ways like I, I i do understand the argument that this is a very fraught and perilous moment for mls and that this they they feel like this has to happen mm -hmm. for for the business case for the league to to stay solvent in the way that it is they've got to put some product in the field soon so i get that don garber is very upset that he cannot appear to have this negotiation in good faith behind closed doors with that said it's hilarious that the memo saying if you talk about this, you're going to get in trouble got leaked the day that it came out. I love that. That's great. That's very, very good. Um, hiring an outside firm is stupid. That costs money. Like, you know, you could probably just, the way you normally fare at this out is you tell different people different things that you think are the leakers. And then if that gets leaked, you know who it is. So, I mean, there are ways to, I mean, there are ways, excuse me, to do this. But this is this is kind of stupid. Like I think that overall, I don't think anyone's gonna get fired. I don't think they're gonna find anybody. I don't think I don't think they're gonna find the leaker. The athletic will continue. The athletic, their their tentacles are in MLS. They are they are throughout different teams. They're in the league office. Half of them used to work for the league uh, in and uh, work writing for the website or anything else. So, I mean. Just, just Don. This is this is the way it goes, man. You gotta just you just gotta buck up and figure out a way to get this done. But the plan itself is is really something. If we want to talk about that too, yeah. Let's let let's talk about this. So let's get to the plan. So they're using they're utilizing Disney. Um, they are apparently going to utilize. They have the world. You know, I think the ESPN Worldwide of Sports massive campus, and uh, they're apparently trying to get a tournament. There's some rumors that five games are going to count for the season. Not sure how I quite feel about that, and I'll get in that to a little bit. But I mean, it's it's it, it's an ambitious plan, and I, I guess here's the thing: if if the players association signs off on it, if they are to if they are able to address, if everybody's able to do it safely, you know, safely as you can, you're able to not put people, you know, I say not put people's lives in danger, but I think by doing this, you are putting people's you're putting people's health in jeopardy just by doing this. You're putting, you know, how are you going to control hotel staff? How are you going to control everybody? But, that's the big thing. Yeah, that's, that that was drawn out in the article. That's the that's the best point I think that that uh, I think Alejandro Bodoya maybe drew out is that okay? So we're locked in here for however long. That's okay. We could probably deal with that. But what about all the people cooking our food, cleaning mm -hmm. the rooms, et cetera, et cetera? If they're not locked in here too, then the vectors for illness are just as high as they would be if we just had our family here. And then we would at least have our family here. So yeah. um, the fact that that came up, that was a question asked to the league in response to the original proposal. They've not gotten an answer on that yet. Um, and they haven't gotten an answer yet, theoretically, on their pay proposal. MLS proposed a 10% pay reduction, just gone. Uh, the counter was 5% reduction with a 5% deferral, which I think is fair because it's also stretched out over, I think, a couple years. So... I mean, if, if they're first, if, if I think if the league's first round negotiation lead was 10%, 
they could probably do five and five. I think that's I think it's eminently fair and, and reasonable. Um, other than that, I mean, the, so let's talk about the the sort of the what this means for the season, right? Like what like what competition wise this means. So the idea is that the four MLS Cup playoff semifinalists last year, Atlanta, LAFC, Seattle, Toronto, will be top seeded in each group. Uh, except for Group A, which will get Orlando because they're the host, which is stupid. That's stupid. <laughs> that is really stupid. Big whoop. Come, uh, come, also, at, come at come at me, Orlando. If you if you don't if you if if you think it's not stupid, come if, at uh, me. If you've noticed at all in the Bundesliga, home teams are not winning games. <laughs> like there's no home field advantage when there's no fans. Uh, so cool, man. Great. Uh, the the real the real thing is about what does it mean for the matches. So um, some changes potentially. There would be five subs per match but they'd only have three opportunities to make subs. So you'll have to double sub some of those opportunities if you want to get all five in. Games would start at 9 a.m., which rules for me. I like that. 8 p.m. and 10.30, all Eastern Standard. Uh, Cooling breaks, drink breaks. Here's where it gets weird. Um, So the games, as you said, five of the games, I think the group stage games, because I think everyone will play five games, uh, the results go towards the 2020 Standing. So you've already got a couple games. We're already was it match day three when we it, stopped? It was. It was. Yeah, we had two matches. Two matches played. So there's already points on the board. We're gonna do this weird offsite tournament with uh, more players, more subs, um, nine a.m. games. So that the 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 weirdness now, as far as like the continuity of like fairness throughout the entire the entire season, is already kind of a little wonky. I don't know how many games they're going to get in and after this. I think that once you go once you go to instead of one site where you can control a lot of the variables to 18 sites or whatever, uh, it gets a lot more difficult to ensure the same safety protocols that they have in place here. Uh, you know, players are going to go to their homes with their families uh, for the rest of the season as if they're playing at home. So it, it just gets a little crazy. Uh I think you're seeing too, if you look at the testing that's going on in other leagues that are restarting England, uh, multiple players are testing positive and they're just pulling them out. And then, and then they're testing, you know, all the players around them, they're self quarantining. The good, the good thing is um, it appears for the most part from a player's perspective, if you are able to keep them away from their families, which sucks for them, but if you're able to, if, if, if they get it, they have very, they seem to have very good odds of it not causing long-term damage, not not getting serious. They don't want to get it. Nobody wants to get it. They could get it going to the grocery store to pick up whatever. At least that would be their choice. But um, it, as far as any of these sports things go, like there's going to be some inher- inherent risk. They've got to buy into it. Um, some people are going to get COVID while they're playing. It's going to happen. There's just no way to stop it happening. But the, the consequences are, what does that mean for the competition? For this proposal, it means that person goes home and we test more around it, but we're not stopping play. We're not shutting it down. We're just going to keep going and sort of try to wall that off. If you find out uh, 60 minutes before a game, you can sub a player into your match day squad in the same position. If you find out 30 minutes before the game, you just don't get to fill the spot. But the 23 players are on the roster. The match day roster is not 23 players. (laughs) So the benches are going to be... Very spread out and hilarious looking, and they're going to have to be in the stands probably. It, uh, yeah, and, and and I guess the biggest thing the biggest thing they have to answer is will you will you be able to have enough tests to actually test everybody? That you would have to do daily, 
daily tests. I mean, there, there's, you know, maybe even before a match, after a match, you know, I mean, their testing capacity has to be there to make this work. That's why Germany's able to come back. Those guys are getting tested probably every day. Yeah. Um, anybody leaves their hotel room, they are, uh, I believe a coach went out to get toothpaste and came back and they said, where'd you go? And they said, oh, I went to the store and said, okay, well, you're in quarantine for two weeks now. Um, we, we, we can't afford to have you, you know, infecting anybody. I mean, that, that's, that's just the world, the world that lives in, we live in the, the, the whole, I, I'm willing to, if, if they can, if they can come up with a way to do this safely, if they can, um, if, if they can do this in a capacity that's safe, um, I'm okay with it. I don't like the five games. I mean, it's almost like they're just, they're just trying to, we're, we're going to have the season. Oh, we're going to do the season. And I'm like. No, you guys aren't, because we are not in a capacity where you're going to have fans in that game, fans in that st- in stadiums. It's not happening. It's not happening this year. Maybe it happens by March. Uh, maybe. Uh, I mean, that's way far away in the future. I would just, I would rather them just say, you know what, we're 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 not, you know, and, and I know why they're not doing it. You know, they they still have fans, you know, season ticket money, all those things. I really wish they would say, okay, we're setting up a, you know, we're we're a single entity group, we're setting up a fund. You know, we're going to inherit, you know, we're going to bite that bullet. You know, you have the option of saying, of taking the money you put for season tickets and it'll go to next year, or you can, you know, ask for a refund, whichever you choose. Um, and then just say, we're going to do this tournament. You know, we're going to get some games and we're going to get something in this year. It's going to be an invitational tournament, have a Mickey Mouse on a trophy for all I care. Um, and just, we're going to play this tournament. You know, it's going to be a month long. They're going to be games, you know, that way we can, you know, connect with our fans. We're going to try something new. That's fine. I get that. And then just say, okay, that's it. You know, we're shut down. We're, you know, we're not even, we're not going to, there's no MLS season, no MLS cup. We're just going to, you know, go toward, go to next year. It, it, it's a crappy situation, but I think it's, it's the only thing, um, it's the only thing that, that you can do at this point. And I just, I do not foresee any, any, any season happening this year. They've already canceled the, the all-star game. They've already canceled the, the league's cup. They've already canceled the Campionis cup. Uh, Liga okay. MX has already canceled their spring season. Um, who's we'll see if they, they have more TV money on their side than MLS does. And, and that's the biggest thing is just MLS, MLS teams do not do well unless there are fans in the stands. And I, I think there are several, several owners would be like, yeah, let's go with empty stadiums. Um, you know, I don't think, you know, the hunts or, um, yeah, I don't think the hunts or, you know, or, uh, Atlanta United or any of those guys are, are going to be, you know, they, they might say, let's go ahead and do it. But I know DC definitely probably relies a lot on that ticket revenue. Cincinnati probably does too. Um, so I, I just do not foresee, I do not foresee this happening until next year. And then the crazy thing happens is if no season happens, you have two more expansion teams coming in. So then you have all these other questions about how does that work or, or who knows at this point. Um, I, th- I think they'll have it. I think, the, I think that they will have the games in the, the stadiums with no fans, and I think it'll suck, and they're going to lose gate, but they're going to have to do it to keep uh, the product viable for TV. Uh, the, cha- the thing that bothers me is that pretending this is a regular season yeah, and having the playoffs and calling it MLS, having them calling them the MLS camp, Cup champion, and having these weird games in an offsite count towards the the actual season, I think you just call this what they're calling it. MLS yeah. is back, or whatever. But like, have this thing that exists in a bubble, and if we're able to, and if they're able to figure out a way to play the games the rest of the way, then okay. But still, it won't be there. It won't be the right amount of games. It'll be an abbreviated season. There will be no fans. It will not be right. 
what I want is them to just acknowledge that this is not a regular thing. Yeah. If you win the, the if you win the playoffs this year, okay, whatever. It doesn't. It's not real. You're not you're not a real MLS Cup champion. You didn't play all the games. You didn't travel. Uh, there's just it's just a different thing. It's a it's. I'm glad they have it because I'm gonna watch it. But uh, it's I think it's more important for the integrity of the rest of the league. For sports, care a lot about you know comparability of seasons. Right. This is the best team ever. This is the best season ever. And when you throw this weird thing into the mix and be like, well, they won them all cup. So they, they, we only played nine games, but they won them all <laughs> cup. So they're, they're a champion just like anybody else's. So that's, that's the thing that I really want to see them figure out a way. And, and the same thing as every other league, MLB is getting around the testing thing by building their own testing facility and, and like furnishing all of their own supplies so they can test all of their players an infinite amount of times just because they're MLB and they've got, they've got the ability to do that. MLS probably doesn't have that. Yeah, uh, they're yeah. they're probably doing something else. But either way, um, this is. I think we want we want soccer. I just think we want to have it in a way that makes cohesive sense and doesn't disadvantage DC United since we're a DC United podcast. We, that, that matters to us. <laughs> I mean, I mean, God, do you just remember like back like we were talking about the season? Like I'm trying to even remember like, I mean, how I felt about this DC team coming into here and, and it's just, it just seems bizarre. This whole thing is bizarre and weird. And, and, and I don't know how any sport, you know, everybody's the next talk is going to be uh, probably not now, but certainly by June, July is going to be football and everything like that. I mean, it, be huge. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the windfall is going to be huge. The disadvantage, the disadvantage I think MLS has and why I think you could see them wait and just say, you know what, it's going to be, it's going to be too much of a, you know, I, maybe they have TV contracts they'd have to renegotiate. Maybe they'd have to extend the current contract they have for another year, figure something out um, under the current rate. I'm sure it would take a revenue hit, um, a revenue hit for sure. And I can understand the need of getting soccer back and trying to finish the season and do something. Um, but I mean, it, it, other sports have the purview. They have to make so much more on TV money. Baseball probably won't care if there is um, – there are zero fans in the stands because they know they're going to get their million, two million people watching on TV. Um, your your NBA, your NHL, all not going to care if it's empty if it's empty crowds. Would it make a better atmosphere? Sure, but right now it's like you know, there's nothing else. People want to watch their their hockey or people want to watch basketball. TV rights deal. MLS doesn't have that. They need those fans in the stands. I, I'm just I'm not convinced they're going to do this thing in, in Orlando. I think as a let's just get soccer back. Let's get you know five games into the season and then we're going to reevaluate after that and we'll see and maybe maybe things will be better. Um, but I, I just don't, I don't see it happening. I think gate gate is too important for this, for this league gate receipts are too important for these leagues and these teams. Well, for sure. I just think that they'll lose even more by doing nothing. Even if, even if they have to, even if they go through this and it doesn't work and they, they've at least, they went down trying. I think that we're going to, we're going to see something. I don't yeah. know if it'll be, I don't know if it'll be, uh, how long it'll be and how many games it'll be, but they're 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 all going to try because money is money, and even if it's a little bit of money, it's better than no money. Yeah, and it's not like any of them are insured, um, so they're all just they're all just wearing it right now. Yeah, I think but, that also their when their 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 TV rights are due twenty twenty one or through twenty twenty one. I think it's well, they know they they didn't want people signing. It's twenty twenty one is the is the year that they're gonna, I think, have to resign it. So I think that to next year is the last would be the okay. last year. I think. Or no, yeah, I, I, or is it or is it twenty twenty two? Is it through twenty twenty two? I can't remember. It's just a long man. Sorry, we're out. We're out of we're out of practice right now. Right, we're a little out of practice from knowing about TV uh, TV rules because it's May and 
there's no soccer and hasn't been any soccer. For one event. Maybe producer, maybe producer will help us out. This is why yeah. we, we, we somewhat pay him the big bucks. No. <laughs> so anyway, so anyway, all in all, uh, this Orlando thing is probably going to happen as soon as they figure out what the pay, the pay situation is and maybe the hotel situation is they'll, they'll come to an accommodation for that because the money, they're not too far apart on the money and they can figure something else out for, for that. Um, it's too important to the league to, to, they would like to be first. Um, I don't know if they're going to be first. Um, they've still got a uh, NWSL, for instance, start restarted their uh, or op- allowed training camp uh, to yeah. restart today. But there's still new- go ahead. There's still, I mean, they're still local. I, I mean, I don't think the Spirit are able to practice. They're not because no, of it's, local. As, as as dictated by you know local. So some teams, some teams are getting lucky because they live in states where they're where they're not. Uh, there's no regulation there. So bully for Utah and probably not too many other teams. <laughs> Sorry Speaking about Speaking of NWSL, yes. so let's talk about them. Yes. Uh, they're going to do the same thing. They want to do a tournament as well. A couple notes about the tournament, though. I believe, as of the last thing I saw two days ago, again, uh, I don't sleep anymore and I barely read the news, but it appears that the U.S. national team players are not interested in participating in this. Um, just not, I think, based on the, the current situation with U.S. soccer, which is, again, synonymous NWSL and U.S. soccer are pretty much the same thing. All the funding comes from them. Um, so I think that, that as a means of like maybe sticking it to them a little bit, we'll say I'm not going to show up. Um, but they want to do a tournament, a group play uh, where only one team would get eliminated before it gets out of group play, which cracks me up because it's such a small, small league. <laughs> but uh, so the top eight of nine go to the go on. Uh, and then the challenge cup championship game would be July 28th. So the season quote unquote would be about a month. Yeah. I don't know if they're taught. I think that they're basically saying this is it. Well, I think the biggest problem is, is, you know, they can, it, does the NWSL have a, I know the U S women's players have a union. They have a players association and Tori, uh, Tori, um, Houston is the rep. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So they do have a players association. So I thought maybe that might be sort of playing into it, but they're, they're it, very, it's a very friendly, it's not an, it's not an adversarial relationship. Yeah. And, and, and I think, I think also, I think also with the, with the NWSL and the players, so, I mean, with the NWSL, there's, there's only nine teams. MLS has 26 teams, 18, you know, they've got a much bigger, bigger. So I, it's not surprising to me that this is able to be organized a little quicker um, and being able to uh, come together. They probably still have some of the same questions they have to answer, be leaving families and everything like that, but it's not as huge, huge of an issue. And, um, you know, I think for a lot of these players, uh, I'm sure they're, you know, wondering where their next paycheck is going to become, especially some of the players on the lower spectrum. Um, they're probably not, you know, not a lot of them are, are making uh, are making a whole lot of no- money. It's not surprising to me that the U.S. Uh, women's national team players are like, "And hey, we're not doing this. Uh, f- forget, forget this," um, because most of their money is going to come from U.S. Uh, from the U.S. soccer and and the women's national team matches. That's where a large portion of their checks going to come, not from these NWSL matches. So why are they putting themselves at risk? Um, but some of the other other players who are are not you know national team players, I can imagine them being like. Yeah, you know, we need we, we want to go out, we want to play soccer, and we want to and we want to uh, we want to get paid. So, um, it's like it's unlike it's it's not unlike anybody else that has a business right now mm-hmm. that the you know the lights are going to turn off. They need yeah. to work to live, uh, and no one is giving them money to be able to survive in the interim. So, uh, I imagine particularly for these people who already aren't making a lot of money, like any any a little bit of anything is better than nothing. It's sort of the same story as before. 
they're, they, they, I mean, the, the challenge there is I think that, you know, 56% of players have had exposure to five or more people living outside their household during the past couple of months. So more than half, more than half of the people, and this is actually, this actually kind of connects to the previous point. Um, we're, Ted, you and I are working from home. I'm, I mean, yeah. I'm on paternity leave, but otherwise I would have been working from home and we can pretty easily adhere to these rules and really, and, and social distance, no problem. If you're making $18,000 a year playing soccer and then that goes away and that also provided your housing and now that's gone, you got to, you got to go do stuff and make money. There's, you yeah. got to live. Um, so that's it. They were not doing that. They were not uh, social distancing uh, the way other people who had the luxury to do so were doing. So this is a it, it, testing obviously here important um, for sure. There's a lot of things they're going to have to shake both of these things out. I think it's, it's interesting that all of these negotiations are so public. Mm-hmm. Like it's great for us because it gives us something to talk about. And just like an MLS, like I guess I guess once something gets sent to the union and then the union sends it to all of their players, the genie is you can't put the genie back in the bottle. Yeah. But it's it not- is it's very hard to negotiate this complicated thing in public. Um, and maybe it benefits the players. Maybe they get maybe they get better concessions, sort of like more accommodations from the league. Um, but they, I mean, they have all the power. The, the players have a lot of power. The only thing they don't have power of is the fact that they need to eat and need money to eat. <laughs> and it's unlikely they had a big strike slash work stoppage fund. Uh, but the the owners, they need games to keep this league viable. What, however, however they decide to do it. So, yeah, it's a it's a crazy. I think we'll have a lot more clarity here in the next probably two weeks, maybe yeah. even less. Um, but if I had to bet that I think we're going to have both of these. I think both of these things will be happening um, this, this summer. Hey, let's talk about the EMLS finals, everybody. I want to talk about that. <laughs> uh, I believe Ted and I are in a, uh, some sort of FIFA tournament. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're dreamed. I, I think we're going to, depending on who plays, I think we're both going to get our, um, our, our first bucks. round exits. Yeah. First round exits probably for both of us, um, for both of us on that one. Uh, do we, do we want to talk about the, the travesty that was the, best MLS kit and the 1998 DC United kit, which could argue the 99 uh, away kit with the white and the black stripes. I think it was 99 uh, should have won over the black kit. There was some, there's some people who argue that I, I argue on that side. That's a great kit. The, the white one, one of the few white kits that actually looked really good for DC um, lost to a kit that hasn't even been worn in a game yet. The Miami one, which was just a travesty of justice and, it just it it's so it's still frustrating to me that it's very much like the classic the old history it's like even like after all this great content we're getting these old games we're watching you know i i i loved watching the 04 final with aleko and even though there was so many technical issues uh it was still so fun to watch both taylor twelman and aleko Escandarian kind of reminisce about about those games and you know we're seeing all these classic games i'm watching games i've i've never really personally i've actually never seen before like i've I've never sat down and watched because you know i was six seven years old and you know well i I wasn't as attentive to soccer as i am now so it's been a heck of a lot of fun to watch it and then to see something like that happen just kind of just it just it brings me back down it's like man people just don't know or, or don't care. People are just clicking Miami because they know Beckham owns it. There, there's just it bots, no... man. It was bots. Don't worry about it. It's yeah. just like when Seattle used to win Gil of the Week every week. Well, there's a sophisticated botnet. They aim at this uh, this thing. I mean, it, it, maybe it's it, it, maybe it's bots. It, it, it probably there probably some Everything bot. is bots. <laughs> there's probably a bot element to it, but there, I mean, there is a, there is an element of 
bigger fan bases in these, you know, clubs like Seattle. Seattle won best jersey, by the way, which is, I mean, the jersey they chose is, is a good looking jersey. I don't, don't hate they? that jersey, at but, least. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's very clear that there's a, um, there, there's, I, I, I didn't even look at the finals. Once the DC jersey lost, I was like, all right, I'm out of it. And they let the two, they let them in election. What's that? An illegitimate election. They're yes. going to have to bring in observers next time yes. they do this. <laughs> I mean, no, all I want is, I, I just think in MLS, it's just it's just with fan votes anyway. It's like it's like Atlanta, Seattle, and Miami now, I guess, is going to be a part of that. They're going to be the ones that are going to win everything from now on. I know Montreal, gotta, Montreal has like a really robust like voting network. I remember like Rooney's half-field goal lost to some random Montreal goal, and it was like crazy. Anyway. Got a question here from Mark Rickling. Yes. Uh, By the way, call us, everybody. Call us right here, Anyone? number down here. Give us a call sure. if you want to talk about. Phone lines are open. Mark's, Mark's good. Mark's a good follow. Uh, if you on Twitter, I like if you if you if you like his politics, which I happen to like, uh, it's a it's a good follow. I uh, said DC United is one of the few MLS teams taking the CARES Act small business PPP loan grant. Thoughts? Um, I think that everyone should have taken it because what has happened in the, in the subsequent since the original uh, authorization of these loans. Originally, there was a requirement that seventy percent of the amount of the, of the of the loan had to be used on players or you know staff salaries, or it was going to convert from a grant into a loan with an interest rate. And then uh, lobbyists uh, started to push back against Treasury about that, and now uh, they're basically saying, as long as you try to do that, uh, it will not be. <laughs> we won't turn it into a loan. It'll be a grant as long as you have to make a good faith effort to do so, and we're not actually going to check up on it. So, yeah, they all should have taken it. And I think they took it, and then they still cut a bunch of staff. Um, so who knows? I, yeah. I think that there's if there was already a challenge in understanding the inner workings of a the single entity uh, MLS, it's not gotten better. Like this, this, this sort of crisis has not sort of increased the transparency as far as, as what they're thinking about. I hope that... They're able to bring all that all the staff back that they let go. Uh, I know that revenue obviously has taken an enormous hit, um, but I hope that when things get back to normal, we're not that the league um, in the whole and DC United specifically are not long term hampered by this. And they were already running on a shoestring budget in the front office and in the all the departments. And hopefully it doesn't become a, a flip flop budget. Whatever would be less than a shoestring budget. And, and the crazy, of course, the the crazy thing about it is, is you finally felt like this year. And this is what just, this is what kills me a little bit. And 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 I'm gonna take maybe a little bit on the side of DC. I think it's very it's very easy for us to say that's bad, that's awful. They should, you know, if they're gonna take one of those loans or grants, you know, they should they should keep everybody. I, I understand that sentiment. 100%. I'm not I'm not someone who's going to to besmirch that. And th- these are guys, I know these are guys that that are millionaires. They're um they're they're guys that have means and have money and, and I understand all the sentiments. Without knowing the books, without knowing everything else, that makes it hard for me to be critical. But, you know, I I finally you finally sort of felt and, and we felt it here on the show about the team kind of opening up, you know, opening up to to us, uh to a lot of other uh, fan-related content and fan-related shows. Um, and, and the staff, you could tell that there were more people behind, uh, you know, in the front office now. It's not just it's not just Lindsay Simpson and two other people. It, it was it was an actual like group that they were actually hiring. Now I'm 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 very much worried that's all going to go to a very you know shoestring 
budget, not just on the field. Um, I, who knows what the who knows what it's going to look like on the field? I don't think Speaking DC on the field. Hold on, I just wanted to do one of the Ted one of the Ted like uh, transitions. Speaking of what it's going to be like on the field, uh, a player was linked to DC United uh, very recently, who apparently also has a twenty million dollar target on his back, uh, despite the fact that he is thirty two. He weighs too much for a soccer player. Uh, and uh, tr- just tried to do uh, well in England and did not do well at all, uh, and then retreated back to Italy. Uh, Gonzalo Higuain, uh, uh, formerly uh, formerly Chelsea, currently Juventus, formerly a bunch of other teams, uh, has been linked with DC United. Uh, we all got excited. There were a lot of articles about it. Ted got excited. I got kind of excited. Uh, and then they interviewed him, and then he said, oh, I didn't know about this. Interesting. I didn't know I was going to. I did not. I was going to DC United. Hmm. So, what do we? What do we think? What do we think about? All right. Let's pretend we live in a world where this is going to happen. Would you want it to happen? Sure. I. What, what's the difference between this and and uh, and, and them signing right Wayne Rooney? There were the same sort of fitness concerns. And, and I don't know if I don't know if Iguain's going to have quite the same gate effect or TV effect that Wayne Rooney had. I agreed, agreed. But I still think I still think he has some sort of effect, and if he plays well, then I think he ha- he has uh, a potentially bigger effect. I mean, I, I'll agree with you. I don't, I'm not sure he's going to have. Um, he's not going to have. He's not a, a well known. He's a. I mean, among soccer circles, he's a well known. You know, he's a well known figure. But you know, I I, w- I will agree with you. I'm not sure. Pe- you know, a bunch of people are going to turn up. It's not going to be the same. You know, he's he the while the Italian league is certainly on ESPN and, and it does have sort of a following, you know, of, of Cristiano Ronaldo and everything like that. It doesn't have the following. It doesn't have certainly have the access, especially for a while, as say the Premier League, um, as even the Bundesliga, I would say. Um, well, it's in last place. Yeah. If 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 La Liga gets its head out of its butt and stops broadcasting on uh, BN, <laughs> BN, then then Italy will be the last the last place major league in uh, in uh, Europe. In Europe, yeah. Uh, I mean, and but I, I do think it's interesting. I I think DC it, maybe it doesn't surprise me that Gonzalo Higuain doesn't know about it. You know, a lot of players leave that stuff up to their agents and. You know, maybe I'm sure there are other teams that are going to swoop in because, and especially look look to Italy because Italy is going to be Italy's has always been leagues that that are heavily le- leveraged, really all over Europe to be honest, and they're going to be fire sales on players. DC has felt the effects of that. Chris Durkin was a fire sale. Chris Durkin was a well, basically told the Belgian team. Increase the the fee and yeah, you can let him go for a million. We wanted to, but you know, we'll, we'll let him go. It was very clear in interviews that they were like, yeah, we we really wanted the, we really wanted the um, the the one point at least one point five or something like that. But they chose to let him go. So I mean, th- there's going to be all over. There there are going to be some. You you will know the clubs. You will know the clubs out there that are the most in in need or the most in trouble when they start selling big players for like. Maybe not just like a little bit lower fees. Like they sell a player that is worth would have been worth, you know, 50, 60 million for 20 million. And they're just trying to just dump, dump players to, to get capital back. Um, so I, you're going to see that all over. And I think it doesn't surprise me that Italy's kind of, they've been the most, most hit um, on the, on the coronavirus, and, and they're going to take a long time to come back. Um, I mean, just training. Well, they're training. Well, they're already training, but there's still there's still a massive, massive impact um, as far as uh, the health. Um, I mean, I'm not sure you're talking about crowds coming back and 
and no. everything and everything in Italy. I'm just saying that there, there's going to be a financial impact, even if they get out on the field, even if they even if they get players played, even if the games are on TV. The financial impact, I think, is going to be is going to be is going to be uh, astronomic uh, on on the on the Italy side. Um, so uh, don't don't be surprised if they're hits. And this is goes all over. I think you know Germany. Um, in England, everywhere. in England, literally, literally everywhere. Yeah, uh, is, is, is is. I mean, I've yeah, I've 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 spent a lot of time the, I mean, the little bit of time that I have. I've been I've been sort of just following the market and stuff and seeing what's going on and how it's how it's so it's so insane to me that the market continues to go up and the numbers of people unemployed continues to go up and those don't seem to affect each other. And there's reasons for that. What well, we won't get into on the soccer podcast, <laughs> but um, the effects of this are going to be so long and, and wide reaching and deep and people are the amount of people who used to come to games you know maybe single ticket season single ticket buyers who used to sit in the cheap seats uh, in the supporters group who might have been a waiter or might have worked at a bookstore or did did those jobs are just gone and they're not coming yeah. back for for quite a while so there's a there's a ginormous economic dislocation that's happening in every country in the world but you know, we're we're United States DC United podcast. It's happening here. We just assume for the people who have been lucky enough to not have been economically touched by this in a major way, we just sort of say like, all right, well, when it's safe, let's just get the things running again. I'll buy my season tickets again. I'll buy MLS Live or whatever. I'll buy ESPN Plus. We'll be great. I'll give you the money. We'll be great. But a large chunk of those people aren't coming back because they it's just, life is life is changing for them, and they've got to figure out. Am I going to go work in the uh, Amazon warehouse or the Walmart warehouse? Because small businesses that used to exist in my area are gone now, uh, and I have to eat and, and live. So I guess I could drive Uber and and hope that nobody has COVID in the backseat. Like it, it's a it's a it is a doomsday situation for a large sector of the economy, and that's going to have a knock on effect for all these leagues. Yeah, for and and you know it's going to be every league around the world. I am. You look at all the teams that are sprouting up in USL and and the lower. I I think the knock on effect. I think because MLS is a single entity league and they have basically combined it. I I think and they they were insulated heavily. They had some of their biggest growth post uh, post the the market the market crash in two thousand eight. I think there were some stadiums that maybe were maybe in the works. I think DC felt an effect with with the stadiums when the market crash happened, um, but. MLS kept growing despite one of the worst economic crises until until now, basically. Um, so I think MLS has, has very much insulated themselves um, in that regard. My biggest concern of the lower, lower league teams, the USL Championship, the USL League One teams, my team in Richmond, I'm, I'm very concerned about. But even these, these new clubs that are sort of sprouting up, I mean, how many of them are actually going to follow through? Is USL going to suffer a recourse? Will MLS teams pull their... Um, Yes. Pull their uh, pull their MLS two teams out of USL. I could see that happening yep. uh, with some. I, DC has even I think they've, they've uh, requested to defer uh, their uh, lease payment on yeah. their yep. on the property out in uh, in in Loudon. So that that's a knock on effect. And I think you know I think DC will eventually be good for the money, but I, at least I hope so. Otherwise, we have several several questions and concerns. Um, but I mean, yeah, those are sunk costs. I think there's a difference between the sunk costs of the of the facility. And some of the some of the situations where, the, like these, 
USL is growing at a ridiculous rate, at a rate that is unsustainable and somewhat ridiculous. Like, there's no way that uh, that this city can support this team. It's great that someone wants to try, and it's great that USL will take the expansion fees, little as they are, to, to do so. But yeah, I mean, there's going to be teams folding. USL is mm-hmm. going to have to reorganize. There's too many teams there, and like I was just talking about before about the the audience that you're reaching, um, you know, non-major metropolitan areas are going to find that capital is going to be challenging for, for, for those locations. People, they're still rich people and rich yeah. people can still own and operate teams, but it's about who those customers are and who's able to, who's able and comfortable to go to these games in the future and be in the stands. Even, you know, even I think that like, even after there's a vaccine and even after like the numbers go down, I think people are eventually people will get back to normal, but there's always going to be some people that are just that, that this has made, an impact on their psyche in ways that they're like, I'm just not going to go to large groups of people. Mm-hmm. It's too dangerous. I don't want to do it. I may, I may not get COVID, but I'll get something else. And like, you know, in the end, five, 10 years, however many years from now, we'll get back to some version of, you know, a society, but like, it just doesn't seem like, doesn't seem like anytime soon. And it doesn't seem, and there's still, there's some people that don't want to take the vaccine. There's 25% of people in polls that if a, if a vaccine comes out, they don't want to take it. So even it's 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 so hard to predict the long term future. All I can do right now is say that I think they're probably going to have these things in the summer, <laughs> and I and I think the leagues will probably stay around. But the the next year, twenty twenty one, is just as fraught and just as in peril as as this summer. Oh yeah, this year. It, it, I I will be I will be shocked if. I would be shocked if if MLS even comes back or USL. I think USL is already talking about canceling their season. I, I heard a a rumor from a source. I, I don't. I'm not going to put the vitality vitality of the source, but the rumor is is that uh, USL is already talking about canceling their season. Like they're already at that point. Um, and I I don't know who knows what the effect of that is going to be on on you know on, on those teams. If you think that we are going to start normal in March. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, there has to be a lot of developments in, in a vaccine has to be out, has to be readily available. There's already questions about that. It's a whole process that has to happen before we can even talk about games. I'm not sure. I will buy maybe a little bit into the effect, maybe in, in some areas of the world. The United States uh, has been – if you've watched some of the – the videos and some of the, the things that have happened that as states have opened up, um, it, the United States is just kind of a weird breed. I think there'll be some people that are going to stay that might stay away, but I'm not sure it's going to be a huge impact. And I think it's more going to have to do with the economic impacts, you know, paying for a ticket to go out to a DC game, you know, when you don't have a job. Um, there are a lot of people that we're, we're friends with that go to games that I, I know are hurting right now. Uh, they've been furloughed. They've been They've lost their job. They've had to scramble. They work in the restaurant. They work as a server. Um, there's a lot of those people that are going to be badly, badly affected. Um, for 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 you know for other people, I think that's going to have more of an impact than sort of the the uh, biological impact here in the United States. Uh, I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I think that from based on what I'm hearing, based on what I've seen. And what I'm seeing on the news and what I'm seeing on a lot of these events that have kind of happened or these openings uh, in certain states, uh, it seems to me that that America is is almost somewhat um, 
somewhat tone deaf to some of what's going on. I'm not saying that's everybody. Um, and not saying that everybody's not conscious, but, um, that there's, there's a big, there's a big partisan divide. If you yeah. look at the, if you look at the polls, if you look at both in terms of the, and we're going to just talk about COVID now, cause there's not a lot of, there's <laughs> not, there wasn't a lot of soccer stuff. So we're, it, it's all sort of related. So we're going to keep talking. About if you look at the people who are supportive of the lockdown, it's actually, I mean, it's like 80% of the country. So the people that are the people that are you know bringing guns into Michigan State House and yelling at Gretchen Whitmer, that is not a sizable portion. They just get a lot of good media coverage. They mm-hmm. just happen to be on the news all the time. Now, like you, I saw the Ocean City uh, clip on the. Uh, I saw Governor Northam on the beach doing selfies with uh, people with no masks on, yeah. with less than six feet. Not great, not great there, Ralph. Um, but as far as I feel like in general, people, if you look at consumer confidence, way low. People don't want to spend money because they think that this is going to get worse before it gets better and it's still not good. People have, people, the number of people who think they're going to get it outstrip the number of people who are going to get it. But that's, we've all, we've all sort of, and it's not that it's not dangerous and super and super uh, contagious and all those things, but like we have all internalized that risk as very high to us, no matter, no matter what your circumstances are, no matter what your, comorbidities are uh, many, 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 many people, particularly if you're okay with the lockdowns, which is again, 80% or at least was 80% a couple weeks ago. Um, everyone assumes the worst. And then the, the repercussions of that are, even if you open up, you're not going to go to the store that's, that's open. You're not going to go, you're not, you're still not going to spend money because you think the economy is going to go bad. And even if these games, if these games open up and allow people to go to these things, like Arizona said that, Major League Sports can come here and you can have people in the stands if you want. Like, no one's going to do that. No one's going back to the restaurant. So the, the thing, even the things that are open are going to fail because the large majority of people either don't feel safe because they're not safe or don't feel safe because they assume more risk than there is. And it's t- totally normal and totally reasonable to do that based on, you know, what we know and what we don't know. But it's, I, I just feel like they're, I feel like there's just going to be a serious problem and a serious effect on on all these leagues, on all the the industries around the leagues. Um, you know, stadium workers. It's, uh, there's just there's too there's too many things. And we had a question sort of in the in the comments about, you know, what about the uh, the test the test consumption by these leagues and the money spent on this tournament, um, the te- testing. It appears, and Ted, tell me if you you've heard differently. Like it appears now, that the the real, at least in Virginia, that the the gating on testing uh, was materials. Materials seem to have been largely conquered, and now it's about finding enough people to test. Like they're like, we would want to test ten thousand a week. We have the materials, but there aren't people presenting at that rate. And doctors, up until maybe three weeks ago, were told, based on the CDC recommendations of who should get tested. It was only people who had been to China. It was only people who had had direct contact with someone who had been tested positive. So, like, I don't think the testing is as large of a like. I don't think that because MLS is testing, somebody in Idaho is not going to get a test now. I don't. I, don't, I think we're past that point in the supply chain. Yeah, so maybe not. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're far afield from soccer now at this point. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what you get. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what else? I mean, we, we kind of talked about the big. We, we kind of hit the big news stories. Um, uh, the more recent news stories. I, I mean, it's tough situation. Uh, someday, hopefully, we are back to back to normal. We are back to. Sorry, y'all. I'm 
hopefully we're back to normal. Hopefully we are uh, back to some sort of normality, some sort of, I, I miss games. I miss as, as I'm sorry. I'm, my nose is acting up right now. There's must be pollen. There, there's talk in the chat about pollen and I guess it's coming. I thought, I thought, I thought Ted, Ted got very emotional. All of a sudden, I just want to go back to the games. I just want to, I just want to go to a game. I, I, I am emotional. Cause I, cause I want, I want to be, you know, watching the games in Germany is, is fine, but it's like, it doesn't beat live soccer. Um, live soccer, uh, Producer Boy actually coming through with a question from, I think it's from Mark again, uh, uh, to steer things back to DCU, thoughts on Andy Bush leaving? You took out the part where he complimented my answer on PPP. Yeah, because, you know, because you don't, you don't need him that much. You, you, have, you have a beautiful baby girl upstairs. That's all the... That's sure all you the... can hear her. Um, <laughs> yeah, thoughts on Andy Bush leaving. I, I think I tweeted about this. Um, I'm bummed out. Because I I had a little a little a little action a little interaction with him, uh, and I found him to be uh, very easy to deal with. And and again, I think like Ted had mentioned, interested in sort of fan led media. I think everybody sort of felt that. I also found out that he's married to an L- LPGA player, and they, he lives half time in Southern Florida. So I get it, dude. Particularly right now with the 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 team in its current straits and MLS in its current situation. Uh, yeah, I'd go home. Yeah, I I don't need this either. I I I get sort of mailing in and uh, trying to go home. I get that, uh, but it is. I think it's a loss overall. There was some conversation like, well, he was behind the flow sports thing. Yeah, that sucked. Okay, true. Um, but overall, in from a self interested perspective, I thought what he was doing was good overall. He was making hires too in the in the uh, in the media and uh, PR department that I think will will bear out and do well. No, it's it, it stinks. It stinks to to lose. I think anybody right now in the season because of the team, as I've said, the team has done, has started to do the right things. And I've I've seen people. I've I've you know seen the the usual loud voices on Twitter talking about how bad things are with the team. This and this and this. And it feels like it's starting to come back. Is like all this talk about you know uh, about when Gonzalo Higuain. Oh, the team's not going to have any money. They're not. Gonna, and I'm like. You don't know that. Do you do you have access to Jason Levian and his other owners like, you know, uh, uh books? Do you have access to DC United's books? No. You you don't know what they have. You don't know how much. But, you know, it is it is sad to see a lot of these guys leave because I felt like there was a a development in the idea that they were going to build they were building rapports with the fan base. They the the I still loved the first game and seeing all the the drop the and just like there was a responsiveness to it. Um, I think what was it the, there was the John Harks uh, photo hanging up on the stadium and it was the old um, it was like from like a testimonial match. And it's very clear that somebody, you know, somebody was poised with putting this all together and they were they were given the task to do it. They went in, they found what they thought looked like good pictures, and they looked in. Oh, that looks good. Go ahead and put it up. And then someone, hey, it's like, hey, that's a weird one to put up. And then they they changed it out. And it was it was that type of responsiveness I think that I was like very impressed with. And I think a lot of that comes from hiring more people and having people who can actually respond and who can, and who can, and who can do these types of things. It's just sad that I'm worried we're going to be kind of reversing back. And I think Andy Bush is, is unfortunately a part of that. Um, maybe this happens regardless, considering he's splitting his time, you know, as soon as he gets a good offer down in Florida, he, he might be, you know, jumping back. So, um, it's sad. And I think their social media person, uh, left, um, I enjoyed her, her short time there. I thought she was doing a good job of at least bringing something back. I think a lot of fans were, 
again, the negative crowd was going off on her a little bit. And I thought she left, she left for a promotion. She left for a promotion. That's true. But I mean, still it's this idea of, of people leaving who I I could see things building. Now people have left and now who knows what's going to happen. Um, who, who, who knows? Let me, uh, let me kick through some quick links round up here before we wrap the show up. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised we went this long. This is impressive. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, We're professionals, uh, John. Professionals. Yes, indeed. Even though we, we kicked the cobwebs off. Um, yes. Daniel Sturridge, a, a, a potential uh, <laughs> signee despite the fact that. So apparently he was, I remember him being mentioned last year. Uh, he had a pretty good year at, uh, is it Travis Bonspor? Travis yeah. Bonspor. But um, the, there was the whole gambling thing. I think that kind of yeah. But you know, he's not Pete Rose. I, don't, I think he, I think he may have done it once. Uh, I, I I think it's less of a pro- I'm less concerned about the gambling and more concerned. But he's probably past it. Um, if he was a if he was like one hundred seventy five thousand dollars, I'm sure fine. Yeah, he won't be there. I'm sure he'll ask for more. Uh, so that will not happen, even though uh, it was being rumored. Uh, I recommend everyone go check out uh, to to plug our competitor. Uh, go check out Jason Anderson's story on the 2013 U.S. Open Cup. Definitely, uh, he he walks through the season as it was, which Jesus Christ, it was <laughs> it was rough. But then also talks about all of the games in the tournament, and, and it sort of you know I haven't thought about the season purposefully in a long time. I sort of just locked that one in the mind palace and never let it out again after going through it in person, other than the win. Uh, but walks through all of the games along the way in the Open Cup. Uh, and and I also forgot some of the way that game went. Some how crazy the second half was. How many chances RSL had to score and should have scored but didn't score. <laughs> um, just like a team of a, a garbage team becoming a team of destiny, destiny in the second half of that game. Super wild. So go check that out. Oh, uh, really, really good read. Uh, Bill Hamid actually retweeted and said, uh, you know, great piece. So that, that's all you need to know there from that perspective. And two more quick links. Uh, Stadium Journey, uh, Greg Koch, who is a supporter of the show, writes for Stadium Journey, and they put out their 2020 DC area venue rankings. Uh, and Audi Field came in second. And mm-hmm. I think uh, they have positive things to say about FedEx Field. That's my only complaint about that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Soccerplex came in ninth. Wow, it came in ahead of Capital One Arena and other places that I've not been. FedEx 14th. I think that's good. It's last place. That, <laughs> it it better is, be. It better be last place. If nothing else if nothing else going on about that then that's that's true. Uh, we have one quick question here before uh, Dan says can I ask a wild ass fantasy question? Mario Goetze is leaving Dortmund much to my heartbreak. Would you want to bring him to DC and how would you use him? He does like the US already. Yeah. He, he does. Uh, I would. I would take him. He's not. He's. He's like what? Thirty three, maybe thirty. Remember, all even younger. Uh, uh, see, yeah, he's twenty seven. Is that right? What is no. he really? Hold on a minute. Hold on a second. No, we got to look this up. There's no <laughs> way. There's, he is twenty seven. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. I'd take him. I'd take him. Yeah. Yeah. We could. We could find a spot for him. But I have. I have a. I have a strong feeling that there are plenty of teams in Europe that will take a 27-year-old Mario Götze right now. Yeah, this is not a this is not a player they're kicking out the door. This is a player that it appears they could not come to terms with for the most part. So uh, it says right here, if you search him, uh, 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 Chelsea in potentially on him. Uh, other teams in Germany looking. Sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Probably, probably not. Probably not coming this way. Nah, probably not yet. Couple, couple, couple more, couple more years. That'd be crazy if they could. It'd be crazy if they, if they could lock him down. But and 
And the last thing I have uh, here before we close is uh, a advertisement for another company making a t-shirt, which I already bought. uh, Bailiwick Clothing Company, uh, whose name triggers me because uh, that is a a word that people in D.C. say all the time. And in no other city do they say that word. (laughs) Uh, I, I have had discussions about this. I have done polls. Everyone says Bailiwick in DC. And anyway, anyway, getting getting all aside the point here, uh, they have a cool shirt that I that I bought for. Uh, it supports Ben Chili's Ben's Chili's Bowls Foundation to uh, give uh, food, I think, to frontline uh, healthcare workers, uh, and it looks pretty cool. And I think I want them to keep making DC United stuff. So uh, buy it. It's not it's not very expensive. Yeah. Well, that's all. That's all the uh, links around the house here. Uh, unless you've got something else, I don't have anything else. Uh, Mitchell and Ness, please come out with the classic DC jersey gear soon. Oh yeah, that good point. Yes, uh, I have. I have put aside some money in my sock <laughs> uh, to to make this happen. So the sooner they get it going, yeah, uh, the sooner I'm spending it. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I guess thank you, all, uh, thank you all so much for for those uh, those of you that tuned in. I, I'm not going to look at the numbers. I'm going to assume it's like 300 people like listening to us right now. At least, so, at yeah, least. I think we broke it. We I broke the we record. Broke. Yes, we broke the record. <sighs> Maybe one of these days. One of these. One of these days. We're building back up. We're building back up. Um, and uh, yeah, thank you all so much for listening. Thanks to our Patreon supporters uh, for supporting the show. Uh, we'll, we're going to try to come up with some more content to to come out with. Hopefully, there'll be some games maybe soon that we can like talk about and get excited about, and we can like, talk games. and we can do and we can do like roster breakdowns and everything like that, and we can have guests on and everything, and we like, can pretend remember, things are normal. <laughs> we can remember who is on the roster anymore. I yeah, think that that is. That is gone. Yeah, the FIFA tournament. Apparently Leonard is- Pahoy is still on the roster, right? That that's yeah, I that, think that so. checks out. I think <laughs> I think Ben Olsen's still playing. Uh, yeah. Also, uh, so yeah. Uh, Roy tur- Roy Capene. Well, Roy <laughs> Roland Capene. Roland Capene still on the roster. Yeah, um, that's true. <laughs> the FIFA tournament that Ted and I are theoretically in is this week. We will tweet about it. Yes. I don't know. We're gonna stream it. Ted, we you know <laughs> we're gonna take our licks in public. I think we're, we're gonna, gonna do, do we're gonna do the live Twitch stream of it. Sure. And we'll, yeah. we'll have audio. Maybe, maybe if, if there's a way, if there's a way, we could have like one of like, like you on the sh- like when you're playing, I'm commentating on you, and like good. We, we could figure something out like that. Maybe that'd be cool. Yeah, would- <laughs> All right, thanks. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. Yes, and, uh, we're we're gonna come back when we have more things to talk about. May not be next week, but it'll be soon. It it will be soon. Uh, until next week, we will catch you all down the line. Vamos. Vamos. <laughs> <laughs>